Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to Grief to Growth Podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, best-selling author, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he is here to help you grow where you've been planted by the difficulties in life. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. It is his sincere hope this episode helps you today. Hi, everybody. This is Brian Smith. I'm back with another episode of Grief to Growth, and I've got my good friend Kat Bailey back. Um, I'm going to read uh, Kat's introduction. Kat, I was going to say knows a little bit about everything, but Kat actually knows a lot about everything. So um, I'm going to introduce her with some of the, just some of the things that she does. Uh, Kat is an international evidential psychic medium. Uh, she's a clinical hypnotherapist. She's a sound healer. She's a Reiki master, and she's also a CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, I believe, yeah. psychotherapist. And Kat's been with me before, so if you haven't seen that show, go back and find that show, and and you can find out more about Kat. But with that, I want to welcome Kat Bailey to the to the program. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. So lovely to be here with you today, and I can't wait to get started. I love our debates because we're always quite colourful when we start uh, discussing subjects. And today we're going to talk about the power of prayer and divine timing because a lot of the viewers that you have got quite a few questions about prayer and what happens when a prayer is not answered or when a prayer is answered. And I felt that I had quite a few examples of of interesting things that had happened to me on my spiritual journey that might be of benefit to people here today. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to talking about this. Um, And we're going to talk about prayer from a a non-religious aspect. I I grew up in a faith background where we had, you know, we talked about prayer, which is basically a petitioning, asking God for stuff. And, and, you know, you either did or didn't get it. So there's always been controversy about that. But we're going to talk today about prayer um, in terms of, again, from a non-religious aspect, from more of a spiritual aspect or what what you you have found in your experience actually works for you. So um, Tell me how prayer works for you. Well, I use prayer a bit like meditation, but I find prayer a simpler form uh, of connection. And I, I describe prayer as a reconnecting to source. When we, when we pray, it simply means that we're having a dialogue with a higher power. We're sitting with intention or the higher power. Um, we're sitting with ourselves, which can be beneficial in itself in that we can learn quite a lot from ourselves and the universe the god force the creator the higher consciousness of the divine it's really a connection technique um but i think prayer in modern societies kind of got a little bit of a, a sort of a bad reputation in that where meditation has kind of been able to separate itself from the dogmatic beliefs um that it originated from prayers sort of lagging behind it and yet prayer is so much more simple when we meditate information flows to and from us when we pray we just give unconditionally and it's probably the kindest invitation that we can ever send out to the world um especially if we we pray for self or others self-love is as important sometimes as actually praying for others or helping and supporting others as well um so as, as mediums, we often sit in the power, we call it sitting in the power. Mm-hmm. We don't actually have any intent. We just actually want to sit in the love force to rejuvenate ourselves, to connect, to uh, get that, that, that uh, connection with our ancestors, our loved ones, the divine, the higher guides, the masters, for, uh, 
for guidance and for help and for healing for others. Um, and when we pray, I don't think it's unlike um, when you're praying in a religious sense in that prayer is about petitioning people uh, or, or the spirit, the higher divine spirit for help, guidance or healing or safety. It used mm -hmm. to be historically to guide people, uh, to keep people safe. So, you know, tribes and communities um, back in our ancestral generations would have uh, sat in communities and, and, and communally prayed to support the, the growth of crops or to request help uh, to mm -hmm. keep them safe from other tribes and things like that. Um, so they just basically wanted to stay alive, really. Um, but, but prayer can be very unifying as well. It can not just uh, reconnect us to the source, but it can connect us as a community. Um, so it can be very, very powerful. And you often see prayer when there's been big disasters like terrorist attacks or events, natural disasters, earthquakes. You often see people come together in community to pray in certain areas. So prayer can be very powerful to bring communities together as well because it's so stupidly simple and I think that's what's so exciting about prayer is that you don't really need any training in it you can just literally um, say it from your heart the words can flow the thoughts can flow the emotions can flow and there is no real judgment um, we often use it as well to praise and to give thanks and gratitude when something's gone right so it's also a really beautiful um, form of compassion and unconditional love and non-judgment as well so prayer has many 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 guises and I think if we remove it from the religious kind of um, dogma we start to realize you know religion itself was in the Latin religion uh, means to reconnect to bind uh, it comes from the Latin religia uh, sorry not pronouncing that right religar Mm -hmm. which means to bind or to reconnect and um if we think of it as a connection technique then it's a beautiful ancient spiritual practice a really sacred form of healing and uh some prayers um are rewarded and some prayers are not rewarded and so when we pray it's a very unselfless act and we have to kind of it's a hope and intention really and it comes mm -hmm. from a place where we don't know whether that prayer is going to be answered we just hope with gratitude that it is now, I know that you had many questions for me in the terms of you know when when a prayer isn't answered what does that mean well we can often learn so much from when a prayer isn't answered as when we can when it is answered because we learn uh, acceptance, we learn strength, we learn compassion, we learn to grow. Uh, and so often we think of, uh, you know, it's a bit like when a parent looks after a child, we don't always give our child everything that it asks for. Mm -hmm. We give it what it needs and what we think would benefit it. Um, and I feel that prayer is a similar thought process. Um, when, I, when I ask my spirit guides about it, they tell me that um, there has to be a healing or spiritual purpose to the answering of a prayer. Um, so there has to be the reward um, for a favourable um, result is really to give trust or belief or to support the spiritual journey. And, and that's quite interesting in itself because in, in the examples that I've had of prayer, even though I'm not a religious person myself, um, and I'll, I'll share some of those examples to sort of inspire people in a moment, Mm -hmm. um, what I've what I found is that trust and belief followed but it was more belief in self and belief that I was guided I didn't need necessarily a religion to be supported I just needed to be spiritual um so so acceptance is a really beautiful realization with, with prayer as well and the higher consciousness we've got to have this belief that it knows best for us so sometimes when my prayers haven't been answered it's it's been for the greater good and I've learned as much that that's what I kind of would share. So I don't know how you feel about that, Brian, or whether you agree, but that's kind of my experience. Well, I think you make a, you made a really good point there, Kat. Um, I think we, uh, we tend to pray for things like health, um, wealth, you know, that we will be protected. The things will go, we want everything to go perfectly, right? We want things to go good. Um, and we tend to pray, pray a lot of times for frankly, material things, material outcomes. We rarely pray for patience or grace or strength, you know, or, or things that, that are spiritual things, which might come sometimes through these things that we don't want. So uh, I think that's maybe when we say prayer doesn't, or when people say prayer doesn't work, maybe it's because we're not praying for the right things. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Hey there, I'm testing out a new feature. I'd love to get your feedback on it. It's called Fan Mail, and you can send me a message right from the show notes of the podcast. So look for the link that says send me a text. You can ask a question for a future podcast. You can suggest a guest or just give me any feedback you want. Just remember, it is one way I can't text you back, and I will not have your name, your email address, or your phone number unless you include it in the message. Let me know what you think. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I was with a really interesting lady last week, a really um, profound healer, actually. Um, And she was saying to me that often when she would do healing and she would go into prayer to heal somebody um, and and send healing towards somebody, um, she expected them to be completely healed and was surprised sometimes when people weren't. But what she did find that those that weren't, whether, you know, especially if they were at the end of their life and um, uh, or, or in a terminal illness state, would often find a benefit to the healing energy or the prayer that she'd given in the respect that they it would help them or support their transition. It would give yeah. them the courage or the strength. And I thought that was really interesting because it's like, wow, so with this acceptance that we, we're not in charge, we're not in control, but no matter how much we give, it's a bit like that quote from Mother Teresa, you know, sometimes we think we're a drop in the ocean, but the ocean would be less for that little drop. And so sometimes we think that what we're doing is very little or limited, but actually it can have a great impact and it can make the difference to somebody going into a situation positively as opposed to negatively. I, th- I think prayer is a little bit like the power of thought in that it, it sets a very positive framework and a good intent. And we often actually find actually statistically I think there's a lot of evidence out there um, if you research it that that actually indicates that prayer does impact health it it does improve health it reduces stress um, it gives a sense of well-being and it it kind of promotes positive thought um, because when you're sitting in contemplation you're giving yourself time to think you're setting positive thoughts you're sending out love and unconditional um, uh, thoughts and emotions and you're praising and giving gratitude all of which have a very loving sort of energetic response back to self as well as to others so I think I think prayer has an energetic response and I think like any thought feeling or emotion it's got a vibrant um, frequency which Mm -hmm. protected or picked up now not being religious my own experience with prayer is quite an interesting one um in that I've had many examples where the spirit world or uh, the divine spirit, the higher self consciousness have shown me that they have answered my prayers or responded to me. Um, And that's in many, many guises. So I'll share those with you in a moment. But I was also with a really amazing trance teacher last week and she actually contracted cancer uh, at quite a young age and uh, thought the battle with cancer very heavily. Now, in her early days, of um, she'd actually sponsored a Tibetan monk, and this Tibetan monk, who was actually in divine prayer somewhere in the Asian um, hemisphere, um, discovered that she she was ill and that had cancer. And as her sponsor, he decided that he would look after her, and he asked for the whole of the temple and uh, surrounding. Um, people uh, within his community to pray for her now what's really interesting is in this instance is that she did recover from cancer and um she's never um had a you know she's been in remission now 10-15 years very very healthy and she 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 looks to that power and, and intent behind that prayer and gives thanks for it um she can never 100 percent be certain that it was the prayer that benefited her but she her belief is that that it, that it did and and so that's a very interesting thing now growing up in my own experience there's quite a few things that happened to me in my awakening so when i had my diving accident where i um i nearly did die i nearly had a near-death experience mm-hmm. there was a few things that really interested me now although i'm not religious today i was born into a christian faith and i was 
brought up in a Church of England school in my elementary or primary school years. Um, I chose at the age of 11 to go my own way um, and became non-religious, if you like. I, I just I have to have faith. I, I believe in the higher self and the higher power and the divine. But I don't necessarily go to a church or a part of a religious community um, because I, ha I have to work across many religions and cultures. And I, I love all and I love it when spirit teach me through those spirituality, mm -hmm. uh, through those, those uh, religions, which they do often, actually, because within the thread of all these religions and cultures there are spiritual beliefs and um aids like a meditation and prayer that can be highly beneficial so spirit will often when they want to teach you about something ancient or spiritual or sacred they'll teach you through a cultural spiritual belief um so when i when i was in the water and i had the diving accident what was really really interesting to me is that um i had learned the lord's prayer when i was a child and my mum actually used to make me always say prayers before I went to bed, but they were simple prayers just to say, God bless my mum, God bless my dad, God bless my family, my sister, the people in my community and things like that, which was really about learning compassion. It was very simple. Um, form of prayer um, I didn't tend to recite the Lord's Prayer or anything like that, but I had learned it in this primary school. Uh, in the UK mm -hmm. and uh, on the moment when I thought I was going to die in the water it's very interesting there was this simple silence amongst all the chaos that had ensued prior to um, the silence when I suddenly realized potentially I was going to die and uh, it was a really strange feeling and it wasn't scary and it wasn't frightening it was a very beautiful silent peace that appeared in the water and suddenly I had an awareness that although I couldn't see anybody in the water with me I wasn't alone and I just knew that there was a presence that was there with me and and there was two things I think kind of saved me that day one was that I wanted to get married and so <laughs> I'd waited eight to nine years for uh, to get engaged to Stuart um, my husband and uh, the, the idea of actually uh, dying before I actually got that opportunity <laughs> not, not good news to me yeah. so I remember sort of saying in the water oh you are kidding me you know please 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 hang on a minute I've waited eight to nine years please don't take me now but then I sort of turned the corner and I sort of said if you are going to take me then I want to give thanks and gratitude for an amazing life I've had a fantastic time I'd be really sad to exit now but if it is my time then I accept it and I said the Lord's Prayer. And the interesting thing is, as I said the Lord's Prayer, I felt an energy come towards me prior to starting the prayer. And I saw the energy detract. And at that exact moment that it detracted, it was then that the diving instructor and the people that had been with me on that trip that day suddenly came to the surface. And I was kind of rescued and helped to the boat um, after secondary drowning so it's it, it was very very interesting to me that was the start of my sort of experience with prayer if you like in terms of my own unique experience the next thing that would happen is as, as I started my awakening experience um spirit would tell me to go home to uh Yorkshire and to the town that I'm from and uh funnily enough the bible when when I left this primary school in my elementary years um a Bible was given as a as a, a good luck, if you like, when you when you left the school. And I only really kept it because everybody in your class signed the inside of the Bible. So it's kind of like a souvenir of your primary school years and something nice to keep to remember everyone by. And my mum had kept it on the the, the the spare in the spare bedroom, which was my old uh, former bedroom, um, on the side there um, for guests, just like you do in a hotel. And um, I never really thought much of it, but on the as my awakening happened and I started to hear and see and sense things that I'd never seen before and thought was going kind of crazy, um, suddenly the, the 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 Bible opened. <laughs> I can't explain how. I don't know. It just opened, and in wow. the middle of that Bible was a letter. I thought, "What is that?" I literally went over to the piece of paper and it was folded into four pieces and it was just basic uh, exercise, you know, like a ripped out piece of an exercise book. And I thought, what is that? So I took the piece of paper, I opened it. And to my surprise, there was a letter from my 11 year old self that said, dear God, please keep me healthy, happy and allow me to be successful. Um, I love you dearly. And any help that you can prevail my way would be great. Mm -hmm. And I just love cat. And I literally folded the piece of paper up 
and put it in this book. Now, I, I can honestly tell you, Brian, the mm. shock in my face, I cannot mm-hmm. for the life of me remember writing that letter. Um, but I can promise you I must have been about 11 because it must have been within a year of um, me leaving elementary school. Mm. And so I know that I must have been very young and thought uh, very beautifully and innocently that if I left a little note there, it would be answered. But the irony there, reading it at the age of 33, was that um, everything that I'd requested in its simplest form had been answered. And I feel that that was the, the, the purpose of the book opening up was to say, actually, there is a higher force and, and to have faith that everything that you requested you gain. Now, I'm not saying I didn't work hard for it and I didn't, you know, there was a quite a few bits of suffering and, and lots of, you know, obstacles in the way. Mm-hmm. But, but ironically, I, 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 my opinion was that, that actually what had been written on that paper had been fulfilled. So that, that was my first experience. My next experience would sort of uh, transpire within another 11 years from that moment so when I had my awakening I went to a church one of my first I think I mentioned this in the other podcast I went to a church where my grandfather was buried now my grandfather was buried in a church that wasn't his church we didn't actually ask special permission for him to be buried in this church because it was a church that he used to go to and frequent, not for religious purposes. My granddad had lost his faith when his father had died in, uh, as a result of the war mm-hmm. and struggled with faith and belief, actually. And I think part of my journey through spirituality has actually been to support him in regaining his faith in a funny way. Um, and when I, when, when I was little, he used to sit in this church and I used to say to him, what are we doing here, granddad? And he'd, he'd take me to this church because there was horses in the field behind. And my granddad, if anybody knew my granddad, they'd know that he absolutely idolised horses. He'd rescue horses and he'd keep horses. And they were his absolute love and passion. And uh, so he would take me really to see the two beautiful horses in the, in the churchyard behind. But he would go into the church and he would sit in silent contemplation and of course as a seven or six or seven year old child I'd get bored and I'd I'd wonder what he was doing so I'd be like granddad can we go see the horses granddad is it time yet granddad sort of like a pester him really and uh when I used to ask him what he was doing he'd just say "I'm, I'm talking to my loved ones and my friends that died in the war or the people that aren't here that that went before us I'm giving thanks and, and I never really thought anything of it until I was sent back and requested to go to the church um, as I was having this awakening experience. And as I said, what made me laugh is that, and I really wish I'd taken a picture of it, was there was this massive uh, bollard and poster that said, you know, please take the alternative path. And I started laughing because I knew they didn't mean the pathway through the churchyard. Mm-hmm. I knew they meant alternative things of which I knew very little about at the time. Yeah. Um, so, so really interesting sort of start to the journey. But 11 years after the awakening, I would do my first platform demonstration in a town a couple of hours away from London, where I live. And um, I just remember walking into this centre that I'd been asked to serve at. And um, this this elderly gentleman came in very you know, very smiley, very compassionate, very handsome young man. And he served me a beautiful cup of tea. He'd heard that somebody was coming from London, had been sent from London. He got all out the Royal China and uh, was making, uh, gave me this spread of of tea and biscuits and and was like really making a fuss of me. And I thought, how how sweet. But with it being my, you know, obviously hadn't told them it was my first platform demonstration. I was quite nervous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He actually took my mind off it. It did, it did help. Um, but as I sat down, I sort of, the tea had made me sort of clock this gentleman. And I thought, there's something different about you. There's a level of compassion or something that's so kind. It's not about the tea making. There's mm-hmm. something else that I can't quite put my finger on. But I just know there's something about you that I need to pay attention to. And funnily enough, when the service started, this gentleman, although the chairs had been put into two rows, he actually sat in the middle of the row and he sat with his arms folded right at the back, swinging on his chair. I thought, oh, how odd. He's not sat with the rest of the congregation or the people in the audience. Why is he sat in the middle of the aisle staring right at me? It's a bit 
intimidating and yeah, a little bit yeah. frightening. And uh, but anyway, just so I was distracted. I was trying to sort of feel where I was going to go and who I was going to read for first. I couldn't take my eyes off him. It kind of worked really. And um, maybe that's why he did it. I don't know. But um, so he happened to be the first person that I read for that day. And as luck could have it, um, I'd been with my daughter to an area called Sutton Ho, which is a, a burial site in the UK. Um, uh, that associated with Saxons. I'd been to a, uh, I'd been to a national trust museum there, and actually Ava had pointed out a sword with a snake around it, mm-hmm. and she asked me about what this sword meant and why why the warriors of this tribe had had swords innately like this. And and funnily enough, as I went to read for him, the first image I got was this sword. I realised that spirits sometimes put things in your attention span before you you do a, a demonstration to be able to help you. And I said to this gentleman, you'd understand this sword with these snakes around it, but would you understand it, it being a tattoo that your friend had done when you were in Hong Kong? And that I believe that you were in the Navy or the military, is that right? And you served some time in Asia. And he said, I did. And I gave him this lovely, lovely reading and, and I sort of fudged my way through the hour and a half and I had the relief of getting out of here. I was like, oh! <gasps> God, it's over, it's done, I can, I can move out. And as I, as I went to move out, a lady who was actually a lady that I had read for that day, she'd sat in a different area of the centre, suddenly grabbed hold of me and she said, it's, excuse me, Kat, I need to speak to you. And, and the tone at which she said it, I realised that um, I think I was in trouble and I thought, oh God, what I said in the centre that's kind of got me into deep water and uh, I started to feel a bit nervous and she sort of said you know I just want to ask a question why is it that mediums never bring through children I said sorry she said platform mediums they never bring through children why is that my partner the person you read for very successfully who you brought his best friend through for he's got three children in the spirit world Kath and you didn't bring them through Hmm. why is that and suddenly I was like, ooh, I felt terrible, Brian. And I can honestly say, suddenly I thought, you've really messed up. And I said very honestly to her, do you know what? I don't think it's that the children weren't here. I think it was me. I think as a medium, we feel what's sometimes the easiest link. And I didn't identify the need, the greatest need, which was to bring through these children. And perhaps if I did, it would have been very emotional as well. Maybe on this occasion in this platform was not the right platform for it. But I said to the lady, I tell you what, I become a full-time medium on Monday um, and I'm starting a new career. And I, why, why don't I do you, why don't I gift you or gift your partner a free reading? I can't come all the way back. Uh, to where we are in Suffolk but what I can do is meet you halfway in Essex in a place called Braintree and if you we could meet at 11 o'clock on the 22nd and if you if you can't make it or your partner can't make it then my husband will kill him because I'll just go shopping instead and so the choice is yours I can have a good day either way so it won't bother me but (laughs) you know I'll just see you there and it it Uh kind of makes me giggle now as well Brian when I realized that I'd said to me at 11 o'clock at the 22nd because I didn't really think of it at the time but of course now looking back and realizing the synchronicities that we all see with numbers and double numbers in particular mm-hmm. it gives goosebumps because what would transpire is as I went to read for this guy I suddenly um I heard my grandfather said uh, that a term in Yorkshire for child is bairn. And he said, I've got the bairn with me, Kath. Don't be nervous. But if this gentleman offers to give you money, don't take it. If he offers to take you for coffee, go for coffee instead. I thought, what the hell is this about? Mm-hmm. And uh, so straight away, I was kind of suspicious, Brian, because I thought this is a very strange um you know, uh, I'd offered to give the reading for free anyway, but I thought it was strange that I was being petitioned in this way. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I went and met him. The reading, thankfully for me, was very successful. Uh, we were both crying at certain points, but the reading was really good that day. And sure enough, at the end of the reading, the gentleman went to give me an envelope and he said, I just want to pay you for your petrol. And I said, that's a really beautiful, but given that you've waited 40 years for a contact with your child, I don't want to accept it. I want to say that this one's on the spirit world. 
-hmm. At which point he said, then would you come for coffee with me? And I said, I would be delighted to come for coffee with you. And I thought, what the hell am I going to say to you? I don't know what I'm going to share, but hey, go along for the ride, see what happens anyway. Curiosity kind of led me to go into this coffee shop, at which point he told me about his history in the military, his life, he'd had a very colourful life. What was really strange, Brian, is he started to mention all the places he'd been in the military. And all the places he'd been into the military were places I'd been sent as a head of buying around the world except for one which was Argentina that was the only place that we could identify that I hadn't been that he had but every other place that I'd been to this guy had been to as well Hmm. and so we found ourselves having a very colorful conversation about all our travels Mm -hmm. and uh, suddenly he said to me are you religious cat and I said you know the funny thing is I'm not I I love churches I love I love the art in churches. I love the sacred space, the feeling I get when I sit in a church. And I love going to sacred spaces. I don't class myself as religious. But that said, when I was a head of buying, I used to do store visits. And I used to have to do this thing where I'd go on motorway to go to see stores. And suddenly one day I said, Spirit started doing this test with me where they'd say, turn off the motorway, turn left. And... Being the crazy person that I am, I decided to do it because curiosity killed the cat. I wanted to know why, why, why they wanted to do it. So I turn off the, the motorway, turn left, turn left, turn left. And every time I did this, it always took me to a church. And the church would either be St. Mary's or St. Michael's, very occasionally St. Peter's. But there was a, there was a, there was a pattern of behaviour. Hmm. And from the minute... That I said this, Brian, the guy in question got up off his chair and suddenly started dialing, very animated, into his phone. And I realised that he was dialing his partner and he was in complete panic, at which point I was really worried had I offended him by saying to him that I'd been directed to churches by the spirit world. And uh, But no, 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 he was calling his partner who was in the, paying for some clothes at the till point in, in the shopping mall and uh, he told her to drop everything and she came dashing in and of course she didn't know how the reading had gone so she was worried and she came in in quite a panic and he said to her tell her tell Kat what we've done since we retire and she said what do you mean he said tell her the thing we do in the car tell her what we do since we retired because I can't say it because she won't believe me and this lady looked really fluffy you know she went what the thing we do in the car and he said yeah just tell her the thing we do in the car and he she mm-hmm. says we call it turn left cap we do this thing we we go off the motorway we turn left we turn left we turn left and we always end up at a church and the church is either saint mary's or saint michael's at which point obviously her not knowing the conversation i nearly mm-hmm. dropped the drink that i was drinking and suddenly this download of information came from the spirit world i could hear almost hear them laughing because when my granddad just before he died i'd said to him he he said to me he, it was the last time i was ever going to see him and i didn't think it would be true so I, I started to laugh and i said to him i'll tell you what granddad and i guess this is my prayer to him brian was if there is an afterlife you better come find me you better yeah. give me Fine, that you still you still exist yeah. I when you do it'll be funny and um I kind of just it was a bit of a flippant comment didn't really think anything of it but uh suddenly this tra- download of information came in and I looked at this guy and I said oh, have you ever lived in Yorkshire uh, bearing in mind that this was the south of England where we'd met and uh he said I did cat I was a pub landlord in Leeds in the 90s and I said okay, you were a pub landlord in the 90s. I said, oh my God, have you done this turn left thing in Yorkshire? He said, I did, Kat. The first time I ever did it, I did this turn left thing. He said, the first time I ever did it, I did it in a town in Derbyshire. Um, and it took me to the grave of Robin Hood. He said, but only uh, Robin Hood isn't buried uh, under the name of Robin Hood. It's just like a, a, a bone that's, you know, buried under the name of St. John. But every time I go to one of these churches, I look up the history of the church. And that's what I found out about the first church. But the second time I did it, I was in Yorkshire and I said, oh, my word, I know where you did this turn left. Are you telling me you did this turn left out of Whitby? And he said, I did, Kat, I did this turn left out of Whitby. And I was like, oh, my word. Now, where my granddad is buried, Brian, is the smallest church in the middle of nowhere. And there's only about 12 houses surrounding this churchyard. 
and uh, to to get to this area would be quite a task in itself if you didn't mm. know where it was but this gentleman sat in front of me had done a turn left and he'd ended up at the church where my grandfather was buried and I said to him at which point my eyes watered because I realized the significance of why I needed to go for the coffee and I said to him are you telling me that you said a prayer did you say a prayer in that church did you ask to speak to your children and he said I did I said a prayer and I said come see come saw and I said what year were you in that church and he said I think it was 1995 which at which point I just burst out into crying Brian because my grandfather was buried in that church in 1995 hmm. and I was like quite gobsmacked and I said, you said a prayer. I said, do you not think it's strange that you've been wanting to hear from your children for 40 odd years and your children haven't been brought through, or at least one of them hasn't? Hmm. I said, do you not think that's strange that it's taken me 11 years? I, I always wondered why I was woken up. I always wondered why this was happening happen to me because I had a wonderful life before being a medium. I didn't have any intent to become a medium. I had a lovely career, nice lifestyle, was very happy. And suddenly this awakening changed everything. Yeah. And I always wondered why it happened, Brian. And I sometimes wonder, was it the power of that prayer? Was it the fact that he said that prayer? And the other thing about that was it showed me divine timing. It was 11 years to the uh, year that my grandfather had uh, died before he woke me. It was 11 years later that I would meet this gentleman who would tell me the story of saying the prayer in the church where he was buried in the year he was buried and my granddad always loved children so I can only think he sat in that church and he probably thought when he saw this gentleman praying wouldn't it be nice if somebody answered back wouldn't yeah. it be nice yeah. if somebody just talked back and uh, and that obviously set a chain reaction there was a purpose to the awakening there was a purpose to the prayer it was to respond and answer somebody else's prayer and in my response and responding and answering his prayer which was to speak to his children through the reading that i gave that day he answered my prayer which was granddad if there is an afterlife give me a sign mm -hmm. mm. and so i kind of love that little synergy brian of maybe we're the conduits for spirit. Maybe we're the people that answer the prayer. Maybe the divine force inspires others to meet that need. That we're always looking for it out there, but actually the community around us is the best source of support. And, you know, I, I kind of felt rewarded in a favorable way. Um, and it, it really did, it, it cemented my faith and, and the things that would happen to me in the following days. It would then give me this event when I was then told by spirit from a woman on platform to go to India and to down tool everything and go spend two weeks in Goa and I was thinking I can't afford it I can't go to Goa and make all these excuses up um, suddenly I would just do it. it it was the difference between sitting on the fence or having that leap of faith no my prayer was answered i need to answer and respond if somebody's requesting that i go to india there must be a higher purpose to it and i went and thank god i did because it changed my life mm. um and would be the next synchronicity if you like in in the sort of unfolding of uh the journey the spiritual journey for me so i think when these things happen these these calls to prayer if you like or these these synchronicities or moments where you feel that a prayer has been answered it inspires you to have the trust, belief and faith to progress onwards then. And that's what forms part of the spiritual journey or the spiritual inquest, if you like, in the curious mind. Mm -hmm. Does that, does that help at all? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. You touched on a lot of really good things there, I think um, in terms of, well, divine timing. It's interesting. You, you mentioned that, that phrase because I was talking with a, a friend a couple weeks ago, I was interviewing Marcus Lang. And we're talking about divine timing and he was told he was going to come back. He had a near death experience. He's going to tell, told he's going to come back and be a physical medium, but it took him like 20 years from the time he had an experience till he actually got started. And so a lot of times our, our, in our human minds, we say a prayer and we think, okay, it wasn't answered because it's been a week or a month or a year. And sometimes his prayers are answered in, and in, nothing's happening. Yeah. And sometimes they're answered in decades. Um, you also talked about kind of the uh, soul planning, I guess, or the things that are going to work out, you know, in our favor anyway, right? So um, having that trust, as you, you kind of indicated now, 
because you've seen prayers answered and you've seen how your path has unfolded, you have more trust, which allows you to take more um, risks, let's say, opportunities, and then those things turn into good things. So as we discover this, this path of prayer and answers and, and, and trusting, then we take more, more leaps forward and we can you know, do better or go farther. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there. I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. I've been studying NDEs for several years now. I am completely convinced that not only are they 100% real, but that there's some very universal wisdom that we can get from the near-death experience. And I've distilled that down in this book into four short lessons. And I've also given you all the reasons why I believe the NDEs are absolutely real. So go to www.grieftogrowth.com slash NDE lessons to pick it up for free www.grief2growth.com slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I th- and I think that's part of the spiritual inquest. And I think if you, you know, you look at um, many sort of cultures and societies and they talk about ascension, the idea that you're evolving as a spirit person to have these experiences, you have to have faith, you have to have belief. It's not religious. It's about having the power and, and, and conviction to believe what you're experiencing and go with it. And I think that's the difference as well. You know, we talk about signs and synchronicities a lot. I think that's the difference. We sometimes think signs are just validations, Brian, but I don't think they are. My experience is that when you follow and you take an action after a prayer or a synchronicity and you follow with conviction and belief and trust that what is unfolding for you is right, um, you often find that it leads you on a path of higher understanding of greater knowledge and I certainly found that very recently with my trip to France um, I found that spirit evolved my thinking and understanding but they made lots of what was really interesting on that trip is again I say to you sometimes the things that went wrong on the trip were actually the call to action that made me take a different decision or use my intuition that led me to a very spiritual place or a spiritual experience so it is interesting sometimes we get very frustrated that things aren't going right and we think that things aren't happening in our time frame and we you know we said a prayer and we expected it to be delivered and it didn't arrive what's going on you know I've done all this for you what are you doing for me that kind of feeling Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and then we have these awakening moments or these kind of aha moments where we do realize if I if I look at the, the 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 item of the letter in the Bible that had been written twenty years you know twenty two years prior, funnily mm-hmm. enough, two years prior to me finding it uh, and realizing that it had been granted, and and again it was twenty two years before uh, I would meet meet uh, the gentleman and read for his children. So you you sort of see that that, that prayers are, take they take time. And they evolve over time because I think the synchronicities of patterns, you know, you talk about touch on soul planning. What if it is that actually in order to architecture those responses, they need, we need to set other peoples up. And we, it's a big, it's almost like looking at a map, isn't it? You, you've got to set a number of things into play in order to respond to that prayer. And that takes time and it takes, in, in, you know, creativity, ingenuity, innovation. And so we've patient patience is a really valuable uh, uh, tool on the on the spiritual journey, if you like, because uh, you have to learn all these values alongside it. That, that, that's what I say. And, and I appreciate it's frustrating. And sometimes people feel that their prayers aren't answered and, and mm-hmm. awful things do happen in the world. Um, you know, we, we know ourselves from the amount of uh, people that we work with that have lost children and stuff. It's the hardest thing for a human being to go through to have that experience of losing a child and 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 yet out of that can you know we do see within our communities as well yes there are some people that um struggle to put keep their head over water but there are others that find a higher purpose and find strength in in very difficult circumstances and their courage inspires other people because they've got such positive and powerful intent and the compassion that they show to people completely impacts you you know the amount of uh, beautiful inspirational speakers that we've had they're just normal people that have had really difficult life challenges and overcome some of the hardest hardships 
are some of the interest most interesting people that I've met um, because their their journey and their need to find purpose in something that just lacks purpose and and lacks lacks uh, you know is challenging it challenges every physical part emotional part mental part yeah. and spiritual part of your life frame so I think um, I mean, that's my experience with prayer. Prayer, prayer's a lot of things, but I think it's simple. It's 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 unselfish. Giving yourself five or ten minutes a day—it doesn't have to be very long. Just to sit in what we call the power, or just shifting your attention, just Mm -hmm. just to sit. You don't have to say anything, but if you want to, you might be surprised to find that things do unfold. Maybe not in your time frame. Maybe not in the way that you expect. I'm not saying that you won't have suffering or hardships or any of those things you'll have all of those and more (laughs) they're part of the journey too Uh, but but that's what 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 colors you and and is interesting in a way and 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 maintains your sort of interest and 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 sort of respect really for the power of nature and the power of the universe and and the god force within so when you you talk about sitting in the power um that's where you said you sit really with no intention and you just sit in the, in the, in the love and the light. Um, would you call that prayer? Would you call that meditation? Is it something different? I, I don't class it as meditation because I don't go into, I do go into a slightly altered state, um, but I don't do any induction or any, um, you know, I don't use guided meditation for it. I literally just close my eyes and I ask for, the force of nature or the God force within to, to sit me in the power. That's all I say. It's a very mm-hmm. simple request. Just sit me in the power. And sometimes in that power, I'll ask for healing for myself or others, especially if I've had a very difficult week and I'm run down and I've got to read for people. I want to be at my highest potential. I want to do a good job. So I'll, I'll partition and say, please send me self healing and love so that I'm able to have abundance to support other people. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And I'll just sit in the silence. And sometimes I will just sit in the silence and I receive nothing. And sometimes I'll sit in the silence and words of wisdoms will fall into my head. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they come from loved ones or guides or masters or the God force, I'm not sure. Um, you know, sometimes I recognize the voice and I know it to be somebody that I'm aware of or I know, but sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just words or thoughts that fall in or innovative ideas, creative solutions. And I'm very thankful for them. I journal them down and write them and I try to incorporate them in what I do in the week ahead or in the conversations that I have with people. Um, and, and you know, I'd say 100% of the time that that information comes in, it's valuable mm-hmm. um, and it, it's useful. And sometimes I find that it can prevent me from doing something in a complicated way, very simply. It changes my perspective and I end up doing something quicker, simply using less energy, depleting less energy for myself and supporting others more effectively because I've got more time to give. So I, I think the, the, the force, that the power that we're connecting to is very innovative and I think it wants us to have a better life. And, um, but we, we've got to give it time. We, we've got to spend time, you know, we, even, even, in, in, uh, you know, even where prayer is present in, in religions and cultures, you'll often find there's an archetype that we pray to. We very ra- rarely go direct. But my advice to anybody listening is we can go direct. That power is accessible to all of us. It doesn't need a religion, a culture, a form. It is just literally unconditional love. And and the idea of connecting to unconditional love is that there is no end and no beginning and love will never hurt you. Mm -hmm. It will just hold you in a space, a powerful space, and it will you create a connection. And that connection, what you do with that connection is completely up to you. But what I'd say from my own experience is it can be amazing and it can create many, many opportunities and bring amazing people and amazing things into your life. And just realize that sometimes prayers are answered through others. You know, somebody said to me in my development circle, a group the other day, they said, you know, you, you, the role of each and every one of us is that every person that we meet, we're either going to teach or we're going to learn from. Mm-hmm. and so we're touching each other's soul we're all connected and, and and that's kind of a nice and interesting thing isn't it yeah yeah very so um you, you said you were t- you said something there about going directly to the source which brings up another question so um i know in some traditions people pray to saints to the virgin mary uh some people paint 
pray to ancestors. Um, we've got our guides, and I've been told we should ask our guides for help. So what do you recommend in terms of all those types of things? I think it's whatever comfortable for you. The history of our society is that we've prayed to many, many things. And sometimes the idea of praying to the saints or the the the, the guides or the masters was that they didn't you didn't want to bother the God force or the creator. Yeah. yeah. You didn't want it, it's you didn't want to you're too busy. But but my experience is it's listening, it's listening and it's welcome. And it, it, we don't knock on its door enough. That's why, you know, when there was a poem, but I wish I'd got it actually, I would have read it to you. Um, but it's on my laptop somewhere um, called Reside With Me that I downloaded once when I was uh, uh, studying. And uh, it was one of the first times I ever sat in the power. Of, you know, that's the thing that I would say about the power is when you sit in it, amazing creative things can happen. So suddenly mm -hmm. you can write poetry when you never wrote poetry before. You can do amazing artworks, when, even if you're not an artist, because the divine will inspire you. You can sing when I was born turned deaf. So uh, if I can sing, that the amazing things really can happen. Um, so I find that this creative force that you connect with is really, really uh, clever. And mm. it can show you and inspire you through different things. But I think when you pray to a saint or an archetype, you're really praying to a form of the divine. So you're, you're using that because you find it an easy association. And some people find it too hard to go direct. So actually praying to somebody like Mother Mary, if you've lost a child, even if you're not Catholic, um, can be very, very comforting because it's somebody that you that represents a situation or issue that you're going through. So for somebody that's lost a child and seeing a, an archetype that's lost a child, it, it forms a connection. Mm -hmm. so the idea is connection, isn't it? That's what prayer's about. So, so whether that connection is to that person, I don't think the universe minds whether it's to the archetype, knowing that it's, it, it, it's really directed mm -hmm. uh, to it because you feel more comfortable. It wants you to be happy and, and connected. So I think... I, I don't think it matters. I mean, I personally think going direct is the best way. Um, but I think I've got to be very respectful that it might, it might be right for me, but it might not be right for others. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to do, you have to petition or, or pray to whoever you think is right. Some people pray to their loved ones in the spirit world. Mm -hmm. Some people pray to their ancestors. Some people pray to the spirits and the fairies or the, the you know, the, they pray to the, environment for that to support the harvest to the sun to the the weather to the elements um some people pray to the gods and the goddesses i i think it's it's part it depends what your life represents to you and you're free to choose i don't think the source or the creator will mind it knows that it's connected with you it's never separated and so it just understands that you need you need a, a, a another form in order to be able to share that light and that experience yeah yeah i think that's uh, i think it's really good advice and um yeah it's, it's interesting um because as you said we're everything's kind of an aspect of the divine anyway we're all we're all that in different forms so if if it makes you feel more comfortable to pray to a saint or something like that, I just I don't think the divine's going to mind. Um, I I up until very recently I didn't heard about spirit guides right, and asking my guides for help. So you know I'm like okay guys let's get going. <laughs> I, I, I'm asking I'm I'm like I'm asking for help all the time. I'm still waiting for it to come, but uh, I guess it'll come in divine timing, right? But I think, you know, even the angelic realm or, or the guides or masters, I think they give you signs and I think they show you that they're there. And over time, when you get to know them and spend time with them, they will give you, they'll give you their name presented on it. So when I found out one of my guides' names, a book was given, his, his name was written on it. And then I went, I, I was sent to India and quotes were given to me by somebody else that mm -hmm. was as part of that force so you start you know I can have moments where one of my guides will say teach me and say you know Virginia Woolf go to the internet put Virginia Woolf in and it comes up with stream of consciousness stream of consciousness put it into the internet put it into the internet and then this is how crazy my world is Brian and then it takes me to a page on William James who's a psychologist and then the whole of that week he, they tell me to study this guy and I study him and the whole of that week, everybody that comes in for a reading or even for healing is a psychologist or a psychology student or somebody mm -hmm. who's interested in psychology. And I realize what they've done is they've set the information up. Even little synchronicities like that make me realize 
they are there they are listening and when i'm saying give me help make sure you 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 send me support they're they're dropping in these little nuggets of information sometimes we're looking for these big wham wow woo you know change the work fireworks right often just practical advice or if i need a plumber and the plumber suddenly introduces himself on the street outside and says oh i'm working in the area and i'm like oh i really need a plumber i think oh that's a gift it's a gift yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a gift it's like um you know so sometimes i think we've got to just be not realistic but practical in our in our responses as well and just realize that they are helping and um and it's beautiful you know the the role of our ancestors and all our loved ones in the spirit world be they guide masters or or, or family is really to to help the living to help the living have an easier life and a successful life and to live life uh, and to take away fear really that's what i think yeah, well, I think you again you make a lot of good points there because um, we tend to, I think, we say, okay, we pray for for big things and we expect big things to happen. And but there's there's this whole what I'm gathering from you this whole uh, interaction between prayer and divine timing and and gratitude and recognition of what you know when our prayers are answered and how they may be answered in ways that may be better or worse for us. And sometimes we'll we'll pray for something and we really want something. And we don't get it, and we think oh, that's terrible. My prayer wasn't answered, and then several years later, we realize that would have been a disaster if I'd gotten that. And what yeah. you got was something that was was actually a lot better. And um, as humans, you know, we're, we're we are kind of like toddlers, right? We want everything the way we want it right now. And as, as parents, you can get. yeah. And as parents, we're like, no, you can't have that right now. That's not the best thing for you. Uh, you know, maybe you'll get that later or maybe you'll get this, which is going to be more beneficial to you. So, um, I, I, I think it, I think you've touched on a really good point there, Brian is sometimes as well, it's a, a sliding door moment. That's what I call some of these moments is like, sometimes one door closes, but another one opens. And so sometimes when we think our prayer hasn't been answered, it's answered, but in a different way, not the way that we expect. Yeah. Um, and, I, I do recognise that there are compromises. You know, I, I remember Irene in our group telling me the story of when she got very angry with a public speaker who had said prayers and been cured of cancer and, and, and she survived and did really well. Whereas, um, you know, her own daughter, she prayed and, and mm, wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't um, you know, wasn't given that um, response, which was heartbreaking for her. Um, did it mean that she lost lost her faith? No, it made her a very compassionate lady who then went on to build an amazing life helping others mm-hmm. very unselflessly. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I appreciate that she would do anything to have her child back, anything, um, including petitioning to swap places, I'm sure. Um, I think what we realise is that sometimes the children of the spirit world serve a purpose and that they're helping a broader audience and that there's a love and compassion there that's quite astounding. And I think she fused things, you know, from speaking to her, I think she fused things very differently now, 10, you know, uh, many, many years later with reflection. So yeah. I, I think our, our, our outlook on life changes as we evolve as humans. And so when, when something goes wrong, the immediate response is to sort of get frustrated or scream or feel negative. But actually, if we can step back and, and give a bit of time, we, we, we can reflect on something and see things quite differently. And it, you know, I was laughing um, about 10, 12 weeks ago. I uh, had an incident on an escalator where somebody dropped a, a suitcase and I <laughs> flyingly went down and hit me in the back. And I went flying in the air and broke my ribs. But I just remember saying to myself, you know, Funnily enough, the guy whose suitcase it was, when he gave me his name, started laughing because he had my guide's name and his initials were my granddad's initials. And I thought, oh God, they just want me to slow down, <laughs> slow down and sit and think. And now I can't go to the gym or do any of the things that I wanted to do that was just leisure time. I have to focus and concentrate on what they've asked me to do. And I've been avoiding it and I'm not doing what they've asked me to do. And I'm not yeah. saying that they will trip you up or hurt you. <laughs> but, you know, it was enough that I was, damaged enough that it was sore and i could you know i was held in a well, space I, I think we do get i think we do get nudges sometimes that are yeah. pushing us one direction or the other or you know we all hate to hear you know when when god closes a door you know he opens a window or whatever it is i mean sometimes opportunities are closed off to us to force us to go another direction That's and that right. can be very frustrating when you're trying to go down this path 
and the path keeps getting blocked and you, and you, you have to realize this is not the path for you. Yeah. Um, that's so powerful. We've seen that in both our lives many, many times, haven't we, Brian? And I think that is actually really valuable, what you're saying there is often when the doors close, it's because it's not the right path for us and that spirit trying to tell us there's another way. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't have to be the ex as extreme as being tripped up, but it, it could be a, a signpost in itself to say, maybe let, it's time to look at things differently. And that can be when power, prayer becomes very powerful because if you sit in the power then saying, why are these doors being closed? What are the opportunities? What would you like me to do differently? What yeah. are they? Then you might get their guidance and support to what, where, where you're going to go next. It's, it's a bit like your podcast. You had many frustrations before your podcast started of doors that were closing and things that you wanted to do. But look how amazing it is. Wasn't it a good thing that those doors closed because what you've created is so much more positive and vibrant and exciting. And so... You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's it's an amazing thing, but it's like one of those, you know, it's an opportunity and it is a leap of faith. And and sometimes you do go down a pathway and doors get closed and 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 you you turn a different way. But part of that is learning tenacity and determination and staying yeah. and trust and faith. It comes back to doesn't it? Trusting right. faith. And the only way you're going to learn tenacity and determination, things like that, is to have doors closed in your face. It's, that's yeah. the only way to learn it. So we, we pray for that to be taken away. But if it is taken away, then we, never, we, we don't get the opportunity for that lesson of, of, of perseverance. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to know how long do I keep banging my head against this door? Am yeah. I supposed to be tenacious or am I supposed to do something else? Um, do you know what I think the shift I've seen when things work out, and I, I don't know if you'd say this is true of your situation, but it's certainly I think it's true of mine, is when I surrender, when I give in, when I do something from the love of my heart, when I really engage and I do something because I just see it as a blessing, I don't look for the outcome in something, I just enjoy the moment, I'm in the yeah. present, and I try to either gift or do something to make me happy or somebody else happy, or something that that, that just gives me value in life or makes me feel valued um, and, and, and gives me enjoyment and, and satisfaction. Sometimes it's in those moments when I'm fully engaged in the moment and I'm working from a place of love and compassion. They're the moments that really create the heart, the aha moments or the things that become successful. And sometimes they're not the things that I expect. Um, one of my biggest sort of uh, learnings really from leaving the corporate world, Brian, is, is, you know, I had a very successful career. I was really well respected. I loved what I did. Um, and, you know, I turned away from a very high flying job for the love of spirit because they requested me to do that. Now, I know that I originally thought it was going to be a gap year, but it was one of the hardest leaps of faith to do, to leave a life that you love, that had been your life for 15 years and to trust instinctively it's what to do. I can tell you many days on that pathway, just like you, are you sure this is the right thing for me? Are you sure yeah, this yeah, is what you want yeah. me to do? Really? You know? But then I'm amazed because I look back at the last three years of all that, you know, the first year of all the petitioning of like, are you sure? And then you look back and you think, wow, pipes, like all these magical things are happening and yeah. things are expanding. And okay, it, it's, it's slowly and it's gradually, but it's in a way that I can cope with. I'm learning steadily. I can see the progress. Right. I can see more there is to do. Um, I'm the happiest now that I've ever been. That's the funny thing. And I realized that money isn't what made me happy. It's, it's actually serving self and others yeah. and being connected to spirit every day and doing life, you know, outside the box, working outside the box. Not, it's mm -hmm. not a nine to nine, five existence. It takes more discipline sometimes because you haven't got the structure that you've got when you're working for somebody else. You've got, you've got to kind of get to your desk on time and not think, Oh, I'll just sleep in today or kind of <laughs> that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so, but it's, it, it's, it's happiness in a different way. And I, I think we've all, we're all, you know, I, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy my corporate life. I love my corporate life and I'm not saying I'll never go back to it either. Um, but what I do re recognize is that the things that I thought made me happy and not what makes me happy. And I think that's been one of the biggest learnings from the power of prayer and the spiritual pathway really. You know, it's, as we're talking, I keep thinking about, I, I did an interview with uh, Heidi Craig a few weeks ago and she had a near death experience. Um, and she talked like three lessons she came back with were, 
which are everything is as it should be. Everything will be okay. And you're unconditionally loved. And if we can keep that perspective and that's, and that's not just unique to Heidi. So many people that have had near death experiences, they say, that's the lesson. Then you've touched about it many times a day. It's, it's all about love and we're, we're all going to be okay. And we're okay. So if we can keep that perspective, it'll help us with the patients and, you know, and we can, we continue to pray for things and uh, for, for good outcomes and everything, but understand that whatever you get, is going to be what's best for you. Even though it may not feel like it at the time, it may not feel like it for a couple of decades. You may not even understand it until you're on the other side. But if you can keep that faith, it, it um, makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because otherwise, what what are we living for? It, you know, it'd be very sad if there's nothing else out there. That's what I think. But my experience is, through the experiences that I've had, is that there is there's something listening. And that, in fact, I think there's many, many things listening. It's not, it's not just a divine force. It is all these lovely archetypes. It is all these uh, ancestors. It is, uh, you know, there's so many, many layers to it. Um, and, it and it's interesting. It's magical and it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kat, I appreciate you doing this again. Uh, I knew it was going to be a great conversation and, and it was. Hopefully people listening get something out of it. Um, I want to tell people how they can reach you. Your website is www.kat-b.com. Um, so you can reach Kat there. Kat is a, a evidential medium. She does reading. She's also a psycho, CBT psychotherapist, Reiki master, sound healer, and clinical hypnotherapist. So Kat, it's been uh, great talking to you again. Lovely. lovely as ever, bro. Love you. Take care. All right. See you soon. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Grief to Growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful and will come back for future episodes. Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron. Head over to www.patreon.com slash grief to growth. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash grief, the number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grief2growth.com. Hey there, if you liked this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grieftogrowth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.